You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. Thanks so much for joining this week, and thanks so much for being here. I hope you're having an amazing day or night, wherever, whenever you are. And uh, yeah, I hope you're ready for this episode, because this one is a doozy. It's one of my favorite topics in the whole world, and that is health, fitness, and nutrition. I am a nerd in all of the above. I am obsessed with all that stuff. Um, Sidebar, I know that Listeners of Steve know that he hates when people say they're obsessed, but I think it's a pretty accurate adjective because I spend a pretty solid amount of time on a daily basis listening to videos, researching articles, looking up workouts, um, and learning how to optimize my body, my diet, and enjoy all of it, this machine that we call our bodies, uh, on the daily because it's just fascinating to me. Anatomy physiology was my favorite class of all time, both in high school and in college, and I think our bodies are just magical. They're also crazy, but they're magical. So uh, this episode, I get to sit down with somebody that I discovered on YouTube, and she is a clinical nutritionist based in Manhattan Beach, California. Her name is Autumn Bates, and I came across her videos on intermittent fasting, which is the new part of my life that I've been integrating into my my daily routine and lifestyle. And uh, she just had such really great informative videos that were succinct and fun. And uh, yeah, I hope you do check out our channel. But I reached out to her on a lark. And by the grace of God and the universe and all things magical unicorns, uh, she said yes. And it was so great to meet her and just discuss not only the science of things, but the psychology of things. Because health and fitness and nutrition is definitely more than just about chemicals and things that we put into our bodies and whatnot, machinery. It's really about our minds and how we look at our bodies, how we look at nutrition and food and physical activity and our bodies. You know, it's it's really a very holistic topic and a holistic journey. So uh, I'm really grateful that she took the time to sit down with me to talk about all of it. I hope that this uh, episode is really inspiring to people. I hope that it motivates people to learn more. There's so much out there to learn about how we function and how our unique set of attitudes and habits and preferences, you know, with food and everything like that, how they all play a huge role into what we eat and how we move and how we think and feel every single day. So yeah, that's a huge part of why I wanted to even start this podcast was to be educated and further educate others and to start conversations on something that I think is really important. Um, And that is our body. Uh, We only have one. As far as I know, I don't know what kind of stem cell research or cloning is happening out in the world, but as far as I know for myself, this is the only body I have and I want to take care of it well. Not only because I know what it feels like very thoroughly to feel crappy in my body, um, but it's also, this is on the practical side, it's very expensive and costly to not have a well-functioning body or mind or spirit, you know, all of it. It's really to our benefit to 
take care of it. So I hope that you enjoy this episode again and that you'll share it with a friend if it's something that's motivating, educational, inspiring for you. I hope you check out Autumn's YouTube channel and uh, leave a five-star review and subscribe to this podcast, of course, because we always love to build the community and uh, share the love. So without further ado, this is my episode on getting fit and balanced with Autumn Bates. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Autumn. Hi. How's it going? Good. I'm good. Thanks so much for having me come. I'm so grateful to you to like come down to Manhattan (laughs) Beach for this. You just hang out at the beach with me. I mean, (laughs) yes, I will do that. Um, I actually have been watching your YouTube channel. Awesome. And I've been watching a lot of YouTube because I'm like... That's amazing. It is. It's like it's a little <laughs> so bit of a, easy to get in like rabbit holes on. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. Took the words out of my yeah. mouth. Um, <laughs> but I've been doing a lot of research on. I'm always doing research on like fitness and stuff. So I took a 30 minute walk on the beach. Oh, look at you getting negative ions. Uh, neg- okay. Okay. <laughs> Diving right into it. Um, and I'm in a fasted state. Okay. So it's like wow. doing the low intensity cardio. Yeah. Wow, you, you did do a deep dive, huh? I do do a deep dive. It's been an ongoing thing. Um, yeah. We chatted for like a second before I started recording. But yeah, I've been really interested and kind of not obsessed, but just like it's a really fundamental part of life. So I'm really oh, into yeah. wellness. Yeah, just like that. constantly finding what's going to make you feel better. Exactly. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's it's easy to say everybody has their like stressful moments or like their bodies are like fighting them. Right. So I've constantly wanted to figure out how do I fix like I used to get colds all the time like all this stuff yeah yeah totally so I'm just really excited to meet you yeah and I love that I was just like you know what I'm going to see on her YouTube channel she has like a contact info I just (laughs) would love to sit down and pick your brain Uh uh-huh um so thank you for being responsive oh my gosh yeah thank you yeah um I'm just curious to know like what your background is well you're a clinical nutritionist Mm -hmm. yeah and like what what got you into fitness because I feel like in that way we're cut from the same cloth yeah you know, I think a lot of people's health journey starts similar, mm-hmm. you know, where it does start with maybe more of the fitness component, because that's what we think of first for health. We really think of, like, fitness. Yeah. If you're lucky to first really dive into nutrition, then that's great. Yeah. But most people, I feel like, first starts in fitness. And um, when I was 17, I decided, I don't even know what really spurred it. I think it was just a sense of, like, wanting control over my life. Um, I decided to do a triathlon. Oh, Okay. <laughs> My bad. (laughs) Triathlete. Uh Um, Just like a sprint triathlon. Nothing like insane. It was just a local sprint triathlon. And um, I noticed through the training that I just felt really good. And I had, you know, when you're 16 and you have your heart broken the first time and you like, Mm. exactly. You guys can't see, but there's eye rolls going on. So many eye rolls. This eye roll of understanding. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was definitely in a weird place at that time. And I think that's what really made me want to have more control over my life. Yeah. And that's where I found that I could have this happiness and, and not only control over making myself feel better, but also just feeling better. Right. Um, Those endorphins are real. They are. They are yeah. totally. Um, and then for nutrition, it was sort of a natural segue where, you know, you say you're in the film industry, which is awesome because that's actually initially where I was going toward. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Our, the high school, middle school right around here where I grew up, uh-huh. um, they have a really great film uh, program actually where 
from sixth grade to senior year in high school, I was in film classes, like, learning Final Cut and, like, all of the things that... That is amazing. Yeah, in, like, sixth grade. It was pretty awesome. Um, So I was on track. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a director. I'm going to be a screenwriter. Like, all of these things. And then around that same time when I did my first triathlon, Uh my dad, who's a really amazing chiropractor, handed me my first nutrition book. And he's like, hey, I think you might like this. And I read it. And then when I was applying to colleges, I decided to switch gears. Wow. Within a month. Yeah. Wow. So that was a quick turnaround. Yeah. It's really crazy. I talk with a lot of different people about career paths and how people know. Mm -hmm. Well, because I feel like at a young age, it's really hard to identify something that big. You know what I mean? You don't know, okay, if I choose this major, if I study this, X, Y, Z, or have an interest in that, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, that's going to be like the pathway for my future. Yeah. And it's but it, thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, he led me down the path, which was amazing. But I mean, it was no by no means straight line for sure. Yeah, like I initially was like, okay, I'm going to be a naturopath or medical doctor, and then I was like, you know, actually, I'm going to be a NPR. Like that was a thing for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and and w- NPR for the layperson is like public relations. Public relations. Yeah. Um, my sister in law is in PR and she has such, she, like, she gets to do such amazing fun things because that they, I mean, with all the events, they get to do a lot of really oh, yeah. fun things. And being like an 18, 19 year old, I was like, I want a really fun job, um, which she does have a, really, a good time, but yeah. it wasn't my path that I was supposed to follow. Um, and I noticed that after taking my first comm class, communications class, I was like, eh, you know what, like, this is cool, but it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, Can't imagine doing this every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, later on in my career, I got some aspects of that and yeah. I still get some aspects of that which is cool how you know when you get older you start to see that all of these things that you love can really be formulated into one career yes I agree um, and I think when you're young you sort of are like all or nothing mentality you think okay well I'm going to be this thing mm-hmm. and that is it and you don't think of all the other aspects that can go along with it you're totally right yeah yeah and it's very it's funny because you f- you figure if I make this choice then that means I'm on this path and it kind you kind of Again, this is not, I don't feel like it's a fault, but it's kind of when you're younger and don't have that perspective. Right. You feel like it's kind of this singular path that's not going to connect with all these other things. And I feel like a lot of the entrepreneurs that I know are just like creative people. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things you're talking about, like PR is part of what you're doing. It's yeah, like being absolutely. a nutrition and having a, a YouTube channel. You have to connect with other people. You're yeah. collaborating with other people. Absolutely. Promoting the channel. Um, it like it came full circle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, even with the film where I'm filming and editing my own videos, we were talking earlier about having to figure out audio, which I'm sorry for everyone who watches my videos, the older videos that do not have great audio. And <laughs> they do these older podcasts. I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's all a process. It's all a process. Yeah, we're improving. We're improving. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's amazing. I, I just, I think you, when I checked out your, um, I think I think I checked t- this morning, um, <laughs> and uh, it was like at your 100 videos. Oh, am I? I think Is so. Is that 100 now? I think you're at 100. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So congrats. Thank that's you. That's a huge milestone. Yeah, I've been so, like, in it that I just haven't even really taken a step back yet. <laughs> yeah, it gets like that a yeah. little bit. I'm almost at 80 episodes. Yeah, I no, I actually to... saw that and I was like, oh my gosh. I don't know how lot. that happened. Yeah, it's just the daily, every day, just putting in the effort. And yeah. I mean, that's where if you don't love what you're doing, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't love what I'm doing every day. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't possibly every single day be thrilled to do the same thing every single day. But that's what's cool about when you have your own business. You can have so many 
facets for to sure. it where, you know, like today, I'm not seeing any clients today. I'm, I'm talking with you and I'm, I'm filming videos and editing. It's like a content day. Like it's working on being the creative aspect of my mind. But then I'm excited that, um, on Friday I get to have clients and meet with clients and actually work one-on-one. But, you know, doing either of those every day, I'm not sure if that would be right for me. For sure. Yeah. And I feel like that's definitely like the balance that a lot of people in different industries, whether like you're a creative person or not, or you're trying to like strike that balance of right. how do I keep myself going in a direction that's not like self-sabotaging or like burning yeah. out? Yeah. Burnout is the biggest thing. It's yeah. so huge. And like, that's why I'm actually really interested in getting to know people's stories beyond just like what they do, because what we do a, is, is a mystery to most of us. Like, I don't know yeah. what it means to be a clinical nutritionist. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know what, I mean, even when I worked more in a, um, office setting uh-huh. and I was working with people every day and I'd see what they do, I'd still be like, I have no idea what you do every day. Like, I don't know what your job entails. <laughs> this is, yeah. <laughs> this is a, a mystery novel that keeps going. Exactly. <laughs> Oy. Um, but I kind of like really curious to circle back, um, if you're okay with sharing, because you said, oh, yeah. like, heartbreak led to... Oh, my gosh. The origins. <laughs> well, for me, it was really interesting because I, I really am fascinated... Um, well, I think you and I, it's, okay, I'm jumping around a little bit, but love it. just a touch of on the, the sixth grade thing, the fact that you're, like, hardcore into film. I grew up doing acting as a kid, yeah. like, theater and all that, but in high school, I was hardcore medicine, so I was oh, very man. much on the we health flip-flopped. track. Yeah, yeah, I flip-flopped with you. I started when I was 14. Wow. I actually started... Um, my lovely teacher, Mrs. Emerson, she started a health program at our yeah. high school, and it was one that was, like, super, like, it was an innovative program right. that she and another teacher made on their own and proposed to the state like of California. Like a health program? Like, what? A career pathway. Oh, okay. So, literally, there's only one health requirement, I think, in high school that I think only when you're in ninth or tenth grade, you only have to do, like, a it, semester. Yeah, isn't it just, like, health where you learn, yeah. like, diseases? Diseases, I think, maybe, like, like, super, super basic. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is a travesty, and I'm kidding. Keep this putting this in the universe. I think yeah. it's really wrong. I think health should be every year. Mm-hmm. Through college, like, before, like, every year starting when you're a kid. I mean, that's the most basic fundamental portion of life is just being here and being healthy and being able to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Or even being able to cook. That's one thing where I struggle with as well, where I actually wish we had home ec in school. I know some schools do still, but most don't. I grew up having home ec. Yeah, we did not. And most, I mean, I meet with people like this all the time where they don't know how to cook and it's not something that should be difficult. Yeah. It's something that, you know, we grow up, we should learn how to feed ourselves, but we aren't even taught that in school. 100% agree. Yeah. It's like the basics, right? Like, and, and the but we're body, taught calculus. Like, yeah. But we can't feed ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. And like U.S. history, let's, you know, questionable, like written by whom, but yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> your body is your machinery. Like it exactly. is like literally what you go to bed and wake up and process every yeah. day. Yeah. And you don't know how that works. It like blew right. my mind as I got older that it's something that I, I felt was like, I was privileged to learn about because I went Absolutely. to like a school that prioritized it versus yeah. not. I think it's like genuinely setting up a lot of people for failure Agreed. in a lot of ways to not know just like how it works. Yeah, that's where I feel lucky that my dad's a chiropractor and he instilled this mentality in me from, I mean, from birth, from the youngest age possible, saying, like, your body can heal itself. You just have to give it the tools. Yeah. yeah. I a thousand percent agree with your dad. <laughs> and and it's, it's really crazy how, 
the daily day um, activities of just what we eat and how we think and like Mm -hmm. our habits and our practices really impact that. And I feel like a lot of people right now that I know in my life um, are really playing catch up because they have not been maintaining good practices or there's a lot of things like anxiety now which is something i personally struggle with and so i totally empathize or sympathize i always mix up those two is it empathize or sympathize sympathize i think it's your it's one or the other yeah yeah the one that we go through together yeah uh sympathize i guess yeah i sympathize with people on that but um i mean we're just so bombarded with so many other things that don't really matter as much like you know i mean this is really getting into the science but Even with your phone, every time you get a notification of any sort, whether it be positive or negative, you get a spike in your stress hormone cortisol. Yeah. So, I mean, no wonder we all have so much anxiety going on outside of just the food, which I can, of course, talk days about, but just that in itself. Thank you. It's crazy. Exactly. And that's, it's honest, it's funny that you bring that up because a running theme that was unexpected on this podcast because I was going through a really, really difficult year and I feel like I'm on getting out of the upswing of that, which is great. Um, But I had a really tough year, like, going freelance last year. I quit a full-time job to, like, pursue the creative side. Um, And I was financially prepared, but not mentally. So, like, the anxiety (laughs) hit me like a freaking Mack truck. And I was like, I don't know how to handle this. Like, I've never not worked since 14 years old. I don't know how to deal with this ambiguity of, like... And it's making your own decisions. That's what people forget when you have your own business, like, you don't have a boss telling you what you need to do in order to get to the place you need to be. Yeah. And there's no roadmap to the things exactly. in a lot of ways that I want to be. I just still have to figure it out and piece it for myself. Yeah, And you don't see the results for a long time. Like yes. it could be a year or two years or three years and you just have to keep doing the work and have the faith that whatever you want will come. Well, yes, will emerge somehow yeah. <laughs> out of exactly. the ether. Um, and so that anxiety, it honestly brought me back to like a place of honestly feeling like I was when I was in high school um, learning about health because it brought me back to like really basic Mm one-on-ones of what are you putting in your body? Are you sleeping well? And I knew really quickly that a lot of the answers that needed to be yeses were no's. (laughs) And so at least in that capacity, my dad's like, I'm the super health nut slash artist and my dad's an engineer. Mm -hmm. So like from him, I learned like, just look at what your inputs are. What's the input? What's the output? Yeah. Because sometimes it can be that simple. So in the midst of all this anxiety and life changes, I kind of had to become the student again about like how to listen to my body. Absolutely. figure out what the heck is going on because I was kind of falling apart. Um, but I kind of started a question about <laughs> the high school things. I like not trying to no. harp on it, but like, you know, heartbreak and the life changes that we go through can be really, you know, life altering. Like they can kind of really steer you. I personally went through a really bad relationship in high school. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you went through a tough moment too. Yeah. Yeah. What was like that moment? Like when you were kind of figuring out, like, cause some people don't want to even move when they're in a really bad state of, <laughs> it's like, funny emotion. you say that I literally the week after when I had first gotten broken up with, with my first boyfriend, uh-huh. I don't think I left the house for a solid week. Like I it's, it was a true depression. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to eat. I think within that week, I lost, like, 10 pounds just from physically not eating. Yeah. And 
I mean, it's a really hard time, but the thing that's really good about it that we don't want to acknowledge because we don't want bad things to happen to us Mm -hmm. is that there's no physical way for you to stay in that state. So you can't stay in that state forever. You are, you have to change somehow. And Mm -hmm. with that change, you're only going to get better. I mean, there are ways to also not, not get better. And of course that's another topic, but if you take it as a learning experience that it is and as hard as it can be to just see that as something that, you know, it will shape you. It ultimately will shape you depending on how you respond to those um, circumstances. 100%. Yeah. And I do feel like to mirror what your dad has been saying, we're on a constant state of healing. Yeah. I feel like, and, um, I feel like our bodies and our minds are always trying to figure out how to survive. And like, even if you're in a tough state, whether it's like perpetual anxiety or like you're going through a depressive moment because of something really hard that you're going through, there are ways that your body's kind of like giving you signals like, yeah, yo, get me up and let's run. Let's go for a run. Like, let's do something. Yeah. Um, and for me, fitness, like later on in life became like a big coping mechanism for me Yeah. to feel good. Like you're saying, right. But to be completely real, it was definitely more fueled by the vanity part of like, <laughs> I just wanted to look good because right, there's right. also the revenge body component of like. <laughs> fine you don't you know it's like the immature like you know idiot me but like you don't want to you don't like me like i'm gonna look (laughs) great and you're gonna be so sorry i mean i'm just being i I think i think that we all have that thought at some point yeah if that happens you know like it's it's natural yeah for sure (laughs) um and so i I love that your dad's a chiropractor too because i told you before you know we were recording that my ex-boyfriend was the one that got me really into fitness Mm -hmm. and he was in chiropractic school when we first met you know, what's really unique about the chiropractic philosophy that I feel like I've really imparted into nutrition that I think has been missing from nutrition is sort of what I touched on earlier, that the body can heal itself. You mm-hmm. just have to give it the tools, mm-hmm. or you just have to remove the problem, mm-hmm. and then it's going to heal itself. We don't necessarily need all these supplements or, you know, to do all these extra things mm-hmm. that you, we are constantly being told that we need to do. Yeah, It's just that we need to actually be able to understand what it is that is a barrier you know just because everyone's doing something Mm -hmm. i mean this is such old school mentality but it's true just because everyone's doing something doesn't mean that it's right so like i mean to use the example of everyone is doing two-day workouts or everyone is working insane hours it does not mean that that's a natural state for our bodies to be in in that high level of stress all the time yeah i mean there's only so long that can happen before burnout occurs right and then you're like what are you going to do then exactly it really was like I, i i don't know how that goes for your and i'm curious to know like how your career progressed because mm-hmm. for me i was brought up to be a hard worker yeah and you know i was really proud of that and I really thrived you know I Uh I, the narrative I told myself was like oh I work well under pressure like Mm -hmm. I am like stress is my best friend of like blah 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 and I kind of glorified it a bit to make myself feel like I'm being a superhero because I'm in these like super high stress moments or like this lifestyle and I'm go 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 I think you and I are a lot more similar than we realized because I totally feel that was that and um I mean at my previous job when before I you know had my own business where I create YouTube and whatever all of that uh-huh. um I was a nutritionist for a pretty big fitness company okay and they had um you know aspects of their company where they would do a lot of events which is where I mentioned that I did more PR, PR in the past. Yeah, yeah yeah you know when you work up for a startup it's you wear you a lot do, of hats you do everything <laughs> you do everything so I was their lead nutritionist creating all the um you know the meals and the programs etc um, to fit their guidelines. And then I was also doing all of their events and my 
sister-in-law was their, you know, events person. Mm-hmm. And so I was wearing all these hats. Would I mean, it was not uncommon to just cry out of pure stress. And it it was something that, I mean, I think it's something that a lot of people who work for startups experience because mm-hmm. you are expected to wear so many hats. Yeah. Um, but it, that's some sleep, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it is um, glorified as something that seems so cool. And, you know, it, it's almost like you feel like because you're uh, you're working all the time, you're needed. Yes. And that's where it can feel good. Like, almost like popularity type of feeling when you go back to, like, high school totally. and you think you're above it. But really, it's kind of the same concept. Totally. Um, so I think it took that extreme amount of work to realize that, hey, I can actually do a lot of the same stuff at higher quality mm-hmm. if I just give myself a little bit of time to. For sure. Yeah. It takes sometimes it takes going down that path to realize that. Right. Um, I think it's different generationally. Like I, I've, I used to run a nonprofit for uh, specifically supporting Asian American artists. Yeah. And so I did that half of it. No, the first like three years I was doing, four years I was doing a volunteer and the next six I was doing it as, you know, a paid staff. But um, no, five years. <laughs> I have no sense of time right now, but it was a long time of like being in that space. It's a nonprofit, but it was very much a startup mentality yeah. of like, look, we're going to make, you know, platinum out of vapor. Like we're just going to make right. the best thing with the little that we have. And we're going to go the extra uh, 30 miles if necessary. And right. we're going to eat, sleep and drink this, this yeah. mission. And, you know, on one side is very, very beautiful. And I really yeah. appreciate what it told me about perseverance right, and about sheer determination and yeah. just like powering through. I think that's really important. But at the same time, it's like that combi- that environment plus my natural like inclination yeah. to like not know when to stop. Right. It was like Too burnout much. after burnout and there was one year, there was a 13 month period where I got sick every 2 weeks. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, I don't want to be racking on startups because yeah. I think that just what, like what you're saying, they're really working toward making something mm-hmm. like creating something, which I think is amazing. Right. Um, it's just the part that can be hard for the people who work for the startup is that, you know, it, since it is a startup, it starts with one person for sure. usually. And that one person is used to doing everything. Like right. I'm, I'm one person right now. I'm used to doing everything in my company and it's often, and I can see that now being a, a, like, company owner what's yeah. CEO I guess CEO, I yeah, you're CEO. Okay, yeah, yeah. own it um I can see how it'd be easy to want to transfer that or you know see the same requirements in your employees yeah just because you're like well if I can do it they can too yes. so I can totally understand where that would come from it just makes it I mean ultimately it's not sustainable um and I think that we'll see a big shift in a lot of the startup culture of people who work for startups realize that's not sustainable and starting something else that is. For sure. I think that's definitely what I'm so interested in terms of culture because culture is evolving all the time. We're contributing yeah. to it on a daily basis. Based yeah. on what you and I are talking about right now, I feel like, you know, I'm not the biggest influencer, but whoever's listening, I hope that I'm planting seeds to like at least think about it because I was so grateful that people made me you know, people who love me were like, stop, breathe. Yeah. And like, is this really the way that you, A, logically can yeah. go? Or do you want to do this? Is right. this a lifestyle that you want to, you know, sustain, quote unquote, because yeah. it's not sustainable? And because you have that mentality of always wanting to keep going and, and be the best and hardworking, which I think is something similar that we share, mm-hmm. that's where, you know, we wouldn't thrive in mm-hmm. a working for a, um, a startup yeah. for that reason, because yeah. we would kill ourselves to Probably. get the job done. 
Kind of did. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and 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 so I, I I'm just you know lovingly encouraging anybody who <laughs> tunes in because I'm trying to like share that from like my real life perspective and the perspective of my guests. Obviously, we're all like on different paths, but it it's it serves us mm-hmm. and the world at large. Whatever company you're working for, they can afford to you taking a little bit of a break and being yeah. like. And when I we need say, to take a walk. <laughs> that's exactly. And I was about to say that where, you know, when we say break, people think like vacation or like, you know, just leaving work early all the time. It's not even that. It's just even having having the understanding of yourself when it is that you need to just go take a walk outside for real and just go eat a meal. Like if you don't have time to eat, then that's that's where you have to take a step back and look at your schedule and really assess your priorities on, you know, health versus this short-term job. For sure. Yeah. I completely agree. And that's again, I'm implementing by taking my walk on Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny cuz I was a little stressed out this morning. I'm doing this thing called Miracle Morning. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No, what is it? It's this whole life-changing thing. Um I basically was trying to adjust my sleeping schedule and everything Great. and I was realizing I'm putting off a lot of important things and like not doing half of them like working out or yeah. whatever it started taking the back burner um but randomly I found a book on my Amazon Prime app and got a miracle morning kick in the butt of just taking each an hour each morning or even half an hour just any time whatsoever to do you yeah and breathe and meditate and exercise stretch yeah read a book journal so there's all these like things and it was very simple it's nothing that I hadn't really heard before it's just consistency it's consistency mm-hmm. and building the habit of right. like this is what your mind and your body needs in mm-hmm. order for you to function the rest of the day so um, I have successfully done it every day since May 2nd Wow. And it's, that's amazing. We're in July, end of July right now. Yeah. And not every morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I got really stubborn of like, I don't care if it's even a sentence in my journal. I don't care if it's like right. 15 seconds of meditating. I'm going to do it because I was really yeah. hell bent on like building the habit. Yeah. But this morning I was like, well, I'm doing my miracle morning, but I need to do my walk. And then I was freaking out. I was like, oh, traffic. And it's going to take a while to get Manhattan Beach. And then I was like, and my boyfriend was really helpful. He's like, you know, like you could just go. And then I was like, yeah. I could just go. I could go early. <laughs> so take less time to get there and yeah. walk at the beach. What am I thinking? Yeah. And so, yeah. It's, yeah, it's funny what happens when we get really stuck on like, this is how it's supposed to go. Exactly. So even in you, you lose sight of why you were doing that in the first place. Exactly. It's like, you're just doing it because you're like, well, I need to get these things done rather than looking at the whole point of why you started it, which right. was to give yourself that peace in the morning to be happy in the morning. Exactly. And no, I'm not hating on my park. Like the local <laughs> park is beautiful. It's a little brown right now. It's, you know, it's hot. And stuff. <laughs> but I was like that or Manhattan beach. I don't know. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I'm, and I'm so curious. And I was Catching up, one of the reasons why it's been reinforced is the hormone balance. Mm -hmm. And so I'm totally down to get science-y if you are. I'm, like, getting excited out of my seat. You literally are getting out of your seat. I'm, like, (laughs) so happy because I think, you know, education doesn't have to be scary. And I feel like... Sometimes the culture in this country, and I actually have some, like, quite a few international listeners to this podcast, but at least in the U.S. or, like, this current pop popular culture there's like an elitism that's associated with education or yeah. and that just drives me nuts because i was like 
everyone ought to have the basic fundamentals yeah. of like how things work. Um, and I love that you make your channel to mm-hmm. be free and accessible to anybody on YouTube because that education is a thing that can like really shift our lives yeah. in a really significant way. Um, and the hormone balance thing, I feel like is something in all my years of being obsessed with like fitness and like, like weights and, and high intensity interval training, yeah. yoga, all this stuff. I hadn't looked at it, even though my ex boyfriend had tried to like right, right, drill right. it into my mind, looking at things from a holistic hormonal perspective. So I was right. wondering if you'd be so kind of like walk me through like how you learned about that or like the yeah. basics of that because I think it's so, so fundamental. Well, you know, what I like about hormone balance and looking at that, it's really just a tool uh-huh. to figure out what you need to focus on. So I think where it can go down the right path is what I talk a lot about the hormone balancing series, which is probably what you saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm part four through seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I like about hormone balance is that you can use it in that way and use it as a tool to figure out, okay, I have high cortisol, so that means that I definitely need to be looking at the stress factors in my life and the emotional, physical, environmental, all of those stressors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the area that it can go astray mm-hmm. is when we start to just try and tweak with the individual hormones themselves. So Got it. where if you have sleep issues and you're like, okay, I'm going to take melatonin now, which is the sleep hormone. You're That's like, a lot you're of not- my friends right now. Exactly. And it's like, well, why is it that your body couldn't make the amount of melatonin in order to get the sleep that you need? Yeah. Those are the questions I like to ask, which is, it's more difficult. It's a lot more difficult than yeah. just taking a melatonin supplement that you get in literally the checkout line at Whole Foods covered in chocolate, you know, like <laughs> yes. there are those, but it's... It's, that's like the easy route that won't solve the problems and yeah. it could actually lead to even more pop- problems in the long run because you aren't addressing the underlying cause. 100%. Yeah. I, and I, I feel like there's kind of a, something in the air right now where people are hopefully, and I want to be part of that driving force, and I think that you are absolutely with your channel to address those underlying issues. Like, yeah. we're, I don't know, like just society's feeling like there's a bit of an upheaval, and you know, as uncomfortable as that might be, I think it's for the better in the long run yeah. to figure out, well, this is what we thought everything was a-okay in this area. We thought mm-hmm. this was, like, the solution to that problem. And you realize, right. no, it wasn't. Right. What's the actual root yeah, cause like, and the solution to that? We have, with hormone balance or with anything, really, we have all these tools in order to figure out what is something that's specifically going wrong in my lifestyle or my diet or whatever, my mindset, all these things that could pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. But we just need to actually figure out how to use those and have the right solution to go along with it. I mean, you're in part four. You've seen that the strategies, they aren't insane supplements or, you know, these uh, crazy diets that you need to do. It's pretty simple strategies. It's just taking those and applying them into your life in the way that you need to do based off of, you know, what you're experiencing in the first place. For sure. I, Yeah. It's it's very it's funny that usually the most life altering solutions are super simple. They're just consistent. Yeah. And that's the thing that nobody wants to hear. It's the <laughs> consistency of doing these things every day. I wanna buy a machine that costs like right. three thousand dollars and I wanna buy a supplement that's like a thousand dollars that will change my And the thing is I, I don't think it's laziness. I don't mm-hmm. think that people are lazy. Yeah. I think it's just that's what we're trained to think is the solution. We aren't trained to think, okay, you know, literally going on a walk every day could lower your stress levels, significantly lower your cortisol levels. And that is free. And you just walk outside. But we are just trained to think, okay, well, no, I need to be taking a supplement and this superfood and I need to be doing these expensive workouts. Like, mm-hmm. no, you don't need to be doing all those things. Mm-hmm. The solutions are very simple, very attainable. For sure. Can you explain like the whole, at least I think one of the most relevant hormonal 
hormonal imbalances I think a lot of people deal with probably regularly is the cortisol thing. Yeah. Um, I think that is the culprit of a lot of everything in my life. A lot of women. A lot of women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think also like, it's interesting when I started looking at it that way, the last couple of years, like really paying attention, even like my father, who I don't think deals with stress particularly well, suppresses it a lot, seeing how that manifests in him versus like my mom. Yeah. Um, and, and just, it's, it's like a weird health experiment, which is also like emotionally charging. AB testing. Yeah. (laughs) Cause my parents and I'm like, we need to fix this because, uh, you're in your sixties now and I can't have you uh, get sick anytime soon. Um, but how would you explain like, just like for one example, the cortisol, you know, that cortisol comes from our adrenal glands. Right. That's Do you mean our, like how it's produced or what? Kind of like how would you explain it to someone who doesn't even like yeah, it, cortisol, didn't take bio 1A? <laughs> <laughs> cortisol is our fight or flight hormone. So it's actually, it's not evil. None of these hormones are evil, but we just will assign evil tags to them because that's what, you know, they're, they may, may be high as a result of our environment. Mm-hmm. So cortisol is not an evil hormone. I mean, hormones are just messengers. That's all they are. They are literally responding to our environment and mm-hmm. telling our body how to react in a certain way. In order to best serve our interests. We forget that. Our body is trying to serve us in the best way possible. It's not fighting against us. We can't fight our physiology, right? It's it's trying to make us survive. Yes. So, you know, if we're in a state of stress, our body is releasing cortisol because it thinks that, you know, it doesn't know the difference between emotional stress or you see a tiger. You're being chased by a big cat. Right. It doesn't know that. It just knows that you're you're starting to have... You're freaking out Exactly. You're freaking out. And so it's trying to release that cortisol in order to make the blood glucose, because that's what cortisol's main job is, is to release the blood glucose from your liver so that you have access to that fast source of energy so you can have all the energy you need in order to run away from that theoretical tiger. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't realize that you're not going to use that, you know, blood glucose in order to just sit there yeah. while you're freaking out over a deadline. Mentally you're just having like, yeah. Exactly. So, um, so I mean that in itself is where that problems can arise. Cause if you actually use that glucose and you were running away from that tiger, then there'd be no problem. You, the body went through the system of what it's supposed to it do. It served you. It served its purpose. Exactly. Yeah. And typically those stressors would be very short, right? You know, you're not going to be running for four or five hours or eight hours. For example, like if you're very stressed at a job for eight hours a day and yeah. you have really high anxiety around that job itself, yeah. that's eight hours of high cortisol you're experiencing. Right. And we're naturally supposed to have that higher cortisol in the morning just so, you know, we can get our day going. If you have low cortisol in the morning, that's another issue where you're not going to have the energy in order to get your day going. Yeah. Um, But naturally, it's supposed to taper off later in the day Mm -hmm. because we're supposed to go to sleep. And right? rest. And exactly. Have melatonin functioning properly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a there's this whole circadian rhythm with most of our hormones um, where we're actually supposed to release them at certain times of the day. It's just due to our very unnatural environment now yeah. and our unnatural way of living, it's um, we sort of are fighting our physiologies now. Right. Yeah. Right. And I love that you got even very, like, you get so specific in your YouTube videos, which, again, I'm going to keep reiterating. I hope everybody goes and watches because <laughs> it's very simple and just concrete, resource resourceful tips because it's just knowing the fact that, like, your phone emits a light, that, like, 
messes yeah. with your again what you're talking about your circadian rhythm that to me again I got to learn about early on in like high school and like understood the circadian rhythm pretty early on yeah. in life to understand my body's on a natural clock right and if you keep messing with that clock it's going to mess with all the chemical pathways in order for you to rest properly right I'm going to totally admit like in my 20s I I didn't care and like no. I just yeah. did whatever I want because I felt like superwoman and like yeah I'm stay up till 4 a.m and I'm gonna do whatever you know all <laughs> kinds of dumb things but like as a grown woman in my 30s um but like understanding there are consequences to the things that are around us and like environmental contributors like a cell phone looking at that every night yeah on top of the fact that you're probably not looking at things that make you feel great about yourself right most likely you're probably like on instagram like i mean yeah me feeling insecure and and on that note you know with um you know with the imbalance just in the day, you know, where we're doing these things that are causing us to be in this state of quote unquote hormone imbalance. It's also something that we don't recognize because we see it in everyone else. Mm. And so we think it's normal. Yeah. You know, like we aren't supposed to be anxious all the time. Like I get anxiety. So I, like I said, I totally sympathize with people who do experience that. And it's really a result of so many things in our environment. Um, but it's not something that we're supposed to have every single day all the time. Things get normalized really fast. They do. Yeah, you, know you get I mean? used to things and you just assume that that's normal. Yeah. So it's it's not something you question. For sure. Yeah. And you just become you find a way to like integrate it into your daily life. Exactly. Versus <laughs> And, you know, I'm totally guilty of that. I'm, right. I'm laughing. I'm laughing because it's true. Because it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, I- I'll say, you know, me putting myself on the table as a guinea pig, you know, I was, I grew up, I have a body type where I, if I eat too much and I eat unhealthy, I gain weight. I have friends that, like, they have a different body type yeah. where they can eat and eat and eat and really, like, terrible junk food and they mm-hmm. won't really gain weight. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows what else it does to their body, obviously. I'm not right. saying their body's in perfect health, but in terms of the external body type, I gained weight and, you know, my... Very well-meaning but mean Korean dad, like, made fun of my weight and, like, different aunties in my life. Like, you know, they're always commenting on, like, oh, you got chubby or, oh, you got skinny. But at the end of the day, they're still trying to force food down your throat. You got to eat more. (laughs) Um, But that was, like, my cultural upbringing on top of the fact that I think women are targeted very, very heavily. I don't think that's anything new at this point. Yeah. um, To be sold a certain standard of beauty. Right. So I feel like I just, I struggled a lot with body image my entire life. And then to have a body type that could gain weight pretty easily if I didn't have a lot of vigilance around, you know, exercising or whatever, it it really got to me. And I spent, I think I've spent a really large portion of my life obsessing about that. Yeah. And that's so much time wasted. I... It's so much energy uh, wasted. Where literally think, I mean, your life could change in a thought. You know, yeah. where you literally there, you could have an amazing idea for something that you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. But if you're stuck, just obsessing over something like weight, where my arm fat, like, like 100% real. Exactly. Then you're not going to even have those opportunities come available to you. And then it's just spiraling because you're then not going to be happy because these other things that could be happening aren't happening to you. It's a very downward spiral. Yeah. And uh, what I've realized in terms of like approaching it from a very scientific standpoint, which I think was really helpful because I've gone in every direction possibly in the emotional front, like right. just really thinking about do I love myself yeah. and like my self-worth. And that's been its own journey, which I think is so valuable. 
And I really hope whoever you are, wherever you are, whenever you are, that that's something that you really obviously take into account. Yeah. But unlike the strictly physiological side to look at it just in terms of like chemicals. Right. It actually really helped me remove like, oh, I'm just a weak person or I'm yes. like, I'm just so prone to stress or blah, blah, blah. Yes. It's not like, no, there's input and output. So I realized really quickly after I figured out I was an adrenal body type, that mm-hmm. there's all these body types. And I watched Dr. Berg. I don't know if you like watch oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's been really informative. And I've watched a lot of different things to cross reference and be like, is that yeah. true? Is that true? Like, what <laughs> That's are, good. That's good that you do that. <laughs> what are facts? Is this, this like the whole truth? Um, right. But learning that a lot of my weight issues, because I worked out so hardcore right. and I was like putting my body through hell yeah. um, on a very regular basis, just trying to fight off the fat. Like, just right. to be totally honest, like, I was so obsessed. With and that like, probably worked against you. And too. it was totally working yeah. against me. Yeah. So right now, everything in my life is about chilling. It's yeah. about, I mean, I still am active because I love it, mm-hmm. but everything's about relaxing. I mean, I went through something similar um, where it, you know, I was, like I mentioned, I first started off with um, a triathlon. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of got that bug for like endurance races. And, and again, I think we're a very similar mentality mm-hmm. where it's like, you want to just show yourself that you can do it. Yeah. And so I, you know, trained for, um, various triathlons and I did the LA marathon and other half marathons and all wow. these things and really pushed myself. And, you know, um, the fact that I was, I wouldn't say beating myself up because I did somewhat enjoy the running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but I was forcing myself to do it like all the time in order to fit into this schedule so that you can meet these goals of actually running 26.2 miles, which is a lot. Not um, a goal of mine, but I, I applaud anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I realized that that, you know, with that high level of cardio that I was doing and to go along with the fact that I also had all these other stressors going on. Yeah. My cortisol levels were so high and I, it was, I'm already prone to anxiety. I don't like to say I'm an anxious person because I don't want to pigeonhole myself into that. Yeah. Um, but I am prone to anxiety and it, my anxiety was at its worst at that time. Yeah. And that's where I really realized like, okay, I need to take a step back from running for a bit. I'm just going to use stop cold jerky, which was hard. Yeah. <laughs> really I'm hard sure for me, especially was. if you go from running all the time and, and you know, with this um, challenging yourself mentality where you want to just always be better. Mm-hmm. Where I've realized, okay, I I still want to always be better, but I first have to focus on being better just in my body. <laughs> and that's when I did about that yes. six months, I think, without doing a single run at all. And that was a really big deal for me. And I did a lot of other things in order to help balance that state. But Mm -hmm. that was one of the biggest, the first dominoes to fall where I realized like, okay, I need to take care of myself first. And right now that means not running. It doesn't mean that running is off the table in the future, but ever and ever. Exactly. And that's where I think we can get into this all or nothing mentality. I'm not anti-running. I'm also not, you know, anti-endurance races, but for some people at certain times in their lives, it's not something that's going to do well for them. And if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, then it's just going to further other problems too. I agree 100%. And I and it's funny because I feel like, again, the ex-boyfriend was really helpful in educating me on certain things. Like, he's yeah. the one who got me into weight training, and I freaking loved it. Yeah. And I, I just never had looked at myself as being the type to be into lifting right. weights. Yeah. But, you know, at the time when I first started, I really liked the results. Like, I was like, oh, wow, this is definitely like boosting my metabolism. Yeah. I like liked that all of a sudden I wake 
wake up and I was really hungry. I was like, wow, my body's like burning. Like I kind of just felt a shift in my body. But then my, again, my tendency was just kind of like go a little too far without, without paying attention to my body. Right. Because again, at the beginning, it's all like novelty and great and exciting and crushing goals and like feeling really good. You only see the positives. Right, right, right. And then after that, I feel like I just kind of, it became, in in a funny way, it became a habit of like, okay, I work out and this is my thing and I do high intensity. Yeah. But then not really looking at the flip side of that and being like, my body's just like not... I don't think it's good to do a bunch of burpees yeah. right now. Right. But then, like, convincing myself, like, well, you got to do it because yeah. this is, like, your do- this is your yeah. schedule. And I always get people ask me about, what about athletes? You know, mm-hmm. they have a crazy workout schedule, and they're working out a lot. People forget that is their job. <laughs> that is what they are doing yeah. during the day. And they also allow for time to rest and repair. I mean, LeBron, what was it? He spent, like, $1.2 on his health in a year. Wow. I mean, that just shows you that the most elite athletes do they do take care of themselves they do allow for that rest and uh-huh. that repair time conditioning exactly it's just we aren't unless you are an athlete which i'm not going to discount anyone unless you are you know if you're if you have a nine to five and then you also train like lebron there's no time <laughs> left for rest yeah where is your sleep like, exactly how is your circadian rhythm doing yeah like lebron wouldn't do that <laughs> right exactly i think that's a that's a very practical way to look at it yeah and and i also like another part of it that that I'm like interested if you're down to like educate us a little bit but the other component of it was which was like the fitness side and I just want to like sidebar not just express like my troubles with it it's been working for me that um I'm doing more relaxing things right and doing yoga more like I used to look at yoga as like oh it's just stretching no yeah. it's not it's very <laughs> active it's right. more static it's about breathing and I feel like it's really good for the fact that I don't breathe a lot. Like, it's teaching me how to be more <laughs> right, mindful of that. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, it has actually produced results yeah. in terms of, like, my biggest issue, sidebar, please don't go Instagram me and, like, do this. But, like, I struggle with, like, belly fat. Right. Because that's one the of cortisol. the signature cortisol, like, yeah. you know, signs. Um, that was my biggest, toughest area. And just sleeping better. Yeah. And doing more relaxing things. And walking yeah. instead of running, doing a 30-minute walk, yeah. which, fine, you're going to eat it. Instead of doing, like, a 15-minute sprint, walk, whatever, which is still a good workout, just doing a 30-minute walk yeah. has been really helpful for my, my body, my mood, like, everything. Yeah, and it's just going back to what I was saying, too. It's not that you have to... I mean, I went cold turkey for six months because that's what I needed to do. And, it, you know, if the cortisol issue is something that you're struggling with, then, yeah, taking time off is a really good idea so you can get rebalanced and then start reincorporating. That's one thing, you know, for the all-or-nothing mentality. It's not that I'm saying don't do high-intensity. Don't run. It's just if you need that time first in order to recalibrate, Mm -hmm. allow for that, and then reintroduce it in a way that's actually balanced and is going to serve your goals, not work against you. Yeah. And when your body's in a place to, like, function with it. Exactly. You can't run into the ground, basically. That's one thing I always tell my clients where they'll ask me, okay, like, when should I fit in my workouts? I'm like, you are getting five hours of sleep a night right now. Mm -hmm. So, no. Like, right now, you can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, exercise is fantastic, but if you don't even have time to recover from them, then you're just going to be breaking yourself down. For sure. Yeah. And quickly, more quickly as time goes by. And that breaks down your immune system, too, which, like, what you're saying when you're getting sick all the time, that's one key hallmark um, factor of just 
being broken down from your uh, crazy routine. Again, and then you'll come up with all sorts of crazy stories. Like, I wasn't particularly proud of the fact that I was sick, but there was something that I did in my mental right. state to, like, justify it. That Where I was you're like, like, I'm working so hard that, Oh, my like, God, are you working I'm as sacrificing as like, myself. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I totally understand that. It's, it's, it's very toxic. It is. It is. But once you can just recognize that and mm-hmm. see it, it's, you know, something that also I think people don't realize is that they think that if you take care of yourself that your career suffers. Mm. I'm taking more care of myself now than I ever have, and I am the happiest place I've ever been in my career. So you can't be creative if mm-hmm. you don't also have that time to rest because that is when creativity happens. For sure. So that's why, like, what I was saying where I, I separate out my um, days when I meet with clients versus when I um, have my content creation days, that's strategic. That's on purpose because yeah. I don't want to be shifting gears and having to go from creative mentality to analytical, okay, let's get this done. For sure. Otherwise, they'll just go into the ground, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think even for people, again, creativity is one thing, but even just clarity of your mind. Like having yeah. like a foggy brain. So right. whatever medium you're working in, if you're at a desk all day, which like I used to do, I worked corporate. Yeah, and I was too. It was tough on my body because I'm just like in a cubicle. And right. I loved the people I worked with. There are parts of my job I totally loved. Right. But yeah. physically, like I was just staring at a computer every day for eight hours a day yeah. with like one lunch break. Yeah. And I loved my boss because she was the one who forced me. She's like, let's take a walk. Like, let's go yes. outside. We're in downtown yeah. San Francisco. Let's enjoy it. Yeah. Bless her heart because if it wasn't for her, I probably would have just stayed there. Stayed there. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's something that I think is a very simple strategy that even someone who does have a nine to five where they're sitting at their desk, mm-hmm. they can just go for a walk even. Yeah. I mean, that's something that is a very simple strategy that I have most of my clients do where you can just go step outside, even if it's just for like five minutes, Yes, just going outside for that five minutes, just clearing the air mm-hmm. and then coming back like that. I mean, doable. Yeah. Totally it's, doable. It's totally doable. And, and, and so, yeah, this is again, another nudge, two nudges from, from where we are to you. Cause I'm just, I really want my friends who are everyone's so incredible and they're talented, ambitious people who have visions and want to do stuff but I'm always kind of just shocked and awed at the fact that like things can shift tremendously if you just take a five minute break yes like yeah it can literally reset you and and maybe that's the one simple thing that you can do to like yeah reset and recalibrate and not feel bad about it you know realize that you're actually doing your company a favor by giving yourself that time because otherwise what would you be doing with that five minutes you'd be staring at the screen with that foggy brain thinking like i have no idea what i'm doing right now for sure right and step away from twitter it's a black (laughs) hole very good few good things thankfully i've never really gotten into i've never understood it i have like being in entertainment i kind of like i've been around it's always around me yeah and you know, ugh, it's just social media can be like really entertaining and uplifting in certain ways. <laughs> right. But it's such a it's so I feel like equally a soul sucking thing. It's just a a platform. It's you know, another, it's whatever yeah. you put into it. Exactly. Like, and whatever you choose to follow. Right. Um, I mean I have a friend the other day who's like, I had to quit Instagram for like six months because it's making me depressed. And I was like, Well, why? Like, why was it making depressed? Yes. And she's like, because I was following all of these Instagram models and they have these amazing lives where they're traveling all the time. I'm like, then stop following these people that if they're making you depressed. Cleanse that. Cleanse yeah. your Instagram. I've done that, <laughs> I think, at least 
five times in the last year. Yeah. Where, like, I'll go through, and this is not to be a haterade, you know, not being a <laughs> hater. Live your best life and, like, do you. But for me, whatever mental state I'm in, yeah. sometimes there are certain things that trigger bad things in me, and I'm just not able to, like, see that in my feet every day. Right. Yeah. And it just, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I, I've decided and not assign myself as, like, oh, I'm being a weak or bad or mean person or right. petty. Like, You're it's doing just what's not, best for you. Yeah, this isn't yeah. helping me right now. It's, exactly. I'm feeling really blah, and we'll come back to it when I get back to it. <laughs> right, right, you right. You know? Um, and and real, real quick, I mean, I want to be really mindful of your time, but the other component that I think you are such a great educator on and something that I've integrated into my life unknowingly at first, but now it's like with intention, is right. intermittent fasting. Yeah, yeah. And... Oh my God, Autumn! I'm like so <laughs> annoying to my family. I'm like uh-huh. sending them your videos. Your videos. I was like, "Hey," because my parents, you know, they right. have limited English in terms of scientific stuff. So I'm like, yeah. "This is like a dumbed down version. Watch it. Take <laughs> six minutes. I'm gonna check on you." Um, I'm becoming a big proponent of it just because it's helped me a lot physically, mm-hmm. um, caring a lot about what I put in my body, right? And not looking at things as like dieting. I feel like that yeah. word has had such stigma around it. Well, I think what's great about intermittent fasting well first of all most people have gut issues just from eating all the time and the whole like the fact that we're we were told for so long to eat six times per day oh my gosh that is the worst thing for your gut it (laughs) it literally shuts off a whole pathway within your body that is needed to clear out food and bacteria from your system Mm -hmm. um that's what leads to things like ibs and SIBO. whatever i could go down such a rabbit hole in that but that has led it to where you know if you have six meals a day you're never eating until full Right. Yeah. You're always just kind of nibbling all day. You're just like noshing a little bit and then like going to the next thing. And you're never giving your body a break. Exactly. Exactly. And when you are, if you're using intermittent fasting properly, which is something I largely talk about on my um, YouTube channel, then you are eating until satiated. You actually are eating full meals. Yeah. And not only is that emotionally satisfying because you're like, oh whoa, I don't feel hungry. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's I'm a, not holding back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and especially if you're eating the right foods, uh, but also it actually turns off those hunger hormones. So you're actually able to achieve the goals that you're trying to achieve where you're, you know, with snacking, you have that high insulin, the, um, the, the quote unquote storing hormone mm-hmm. all day. And if you have that all day and, you know, weight loss or, or fat loss is a goal of yours, you literally can't have that when insulin is available. Right. So it also helps with achieving your goals um but just having that break where you aren't eating mm-hmm. and people think that it's hard you know that's that's one thing people think it's going to be hard um to not eat for a certain amount of time but if you again if you look at the hormones um naturally we do have higher cortisol in the morning naturally mm-hmm. we do have higher growth hormone and testosterone in the morning these are things that you know growth hormone and testosterone they get shut off once we eat mm. and so we're shutting off these key building type of hormones in order to form our body. Right. Um, and cortisol is something where naturally we already have that blood glucose available, so we shouldn't have to eat first yeah. thing in the morning. Right. You know, we were just fed this whole thought process for so long, you know, eat right when you wake up. That for sure. We just assume that that's something that we have to do. And most people even say, I'm not hungry when I first wake up, but I'm just used to eating. Right. And there was a time in my life where I was like forcing myself to have breakfast yeah. because I was just like in my Gotta mind. Gotta get my metabolism rubbing. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was like, that's the thing to do. And I got yelled at at my mom if like I didn't eat breakfast because that's, and again, it wasn't right. my mom like trying to, you know, destroy my body. She's trying to do what she thought was right. She thought that that yeah. was right. And so I think it's really interesting and important to always kind of keep an open mind and to like 
continue to get educated. I think right. YouTube, again, as much as it can be like the total rabbit hole yes. of like nonsense. But rabbit hole in a good way also. I love the rabbit yeah. hole in a good way. Yeah. I'm very like, again, because I became more intentional to help myself. Yeah. I was like, okay, what is it that I enjoy on YouTube? Like I'll listen to like my music playlist that I love. Right. I'm a huge ASMR nut. Like really ASMR. Is, I've never understood it. Oh, it's so amazing. Okay. Anna. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Not everybody gets the same reaction I, like, to how it. Do you, how do you use it? Like so, when, you're just, when you're going to, I don't understand. I, I honestly use, don't understand. <laughs> so ASMR is autonomous sensory meridian response. Yeah. And it's just like a very fancy name for like tingles. But basically you get, <laughs> you listen to certain ambient noises mm-hmm. and everybody gets triggered by different things. Uh-huh. So for me, I was always getting triggered by like paper rustling or like really like calming sounds of like in classrooms. I had a big problem falling asleep at school, and I realized some <laughs> part of it might have been because I was an idiot staying up way too late talking to my boyfriend in high school. But also because, like, people, like, looking through books, it's such yeah, a calming like sound. It's uh-huh. very soothing, and I just pass out. See, I just think of ASMR. I guess I haven't seen the right ones. Yeah. I would see the people, like, like the thumbnails of people Everyone chewing li- on things. So many people stuff. watched that one. That was I was not introduced. And to I never it that showed way. that. I thought a lot of people didn't like the sound of chewing. Some people are disgusted by it. And yeah, depending that, on yeah. who it is and what mic you use, it is kind of gross. But <laughs> like, it's not only that. That's a trigger for some people. Yeah. But for me, it was a lot of like I got intro- introduced to it through like paper rustling. So okay. it was a lot of like they have videos of unboxing stuff like makeup. Uh, makeup haul yeah. and they'll take things out of packages and that sound is like super soothing to me huh. and so like there's that there's um there's all kinds of crafts that people make there's yeah. soap cutting became a thing on asmr soap cutting yeah apparently if you cut the sound of a blade on a, on a soap <laughs> it makes a certain there's a whole sound. world it's a ASMR. whole world on youtube yeah we just went down this rabbit hole on youtube because we're talking about the rabbit hole of youtube <laughs> But it was, it's really, and there's, Meta. there's, there's, um, like, you can do a pretend, like, getting your hair cut. Oh, I, I remember that. That's old. I remember that one from, like, high school, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that that's one's cool. One. I love that yeah, one. Yeah, that's the kind of like, stuff I it, That one's, like, trippy, just because you actually feel like you're getting your Exactly, because it's the sound. It's the audio right. of it that makes you feel like you're getting somebody, like, soothing and rubbing your head, because they yeah. do it around a mic with an actual, like, that's um, so wig. That's so true. Now I want to listen to it. And so <laughs> I would actually listen to that as a stress reliever. Yeah. While I was at work, so it wasn't anything someone talking to me. Sometimes they have that they whisper, and it's, like, yeah. very soothing. But I just like sounds. I like ambient sounds. Huh. So if I was in a high-stress situation, so Listen I was helping that. myself. Yeah. I was listening to that on YouTube, and people thought I was listening to some, like, you know, hip-hop playlist or, yeah. like, EDM. It's like, no. I'm listening Papers to wrestling. Paper. Like, it's, I'm listening to someone rap gifts <laughs> and, and gift rap. And that was, like, my way of, like bringing my stress level down. Interesting. So wow. YouTube can be so helpful. I mean, there's so many avenues that I never, until I had my own YouTube channel, I didn't understand the power of YouTube where there's, you can learn so much on it. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much on it for my own business purposes. But yeah. I mean, it's been a really great platform where I've been able to help people as well. And that's really fulfilling for me that I can see all these people who are implementing these strategies and their lives are being changed. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very thankful. It's it's my favorite platform by far. Awesome. I'm glad that you, you, and you've been doing really great things with it and, and the intermittent fasting thing, you know, there's a lot of science that Autumn can explain to you on her YouTube channel. <laughs> I think I literally have 30-plus videos just on It's really, fasting. really helpful, yeah. and I think it's a new frontier, and I think, you know, we're, we're constantly evolving. Like, there was a time when we all thought, like, we have to eat low-fat, and then we found right. out 
fat isn't the issue. Like there's a lot of other things involved. And that's in the extremism diet. that mm-hmm. I was just talking about. And mm-hmm. we see it most prevalent in nutrition where we're like, you know, protein, anti-protein. That was like one of the first things oh, yeah. with uh, Kellogg, I believe, um, you know, actually, you know, like Kellogg cereal. Yeah. Kellogg was actually like a dude who started the whole health revolution. Really? He's one of the first guys and he was anti-protein. He's like, protein's the worst thing ever. Oh, um, it's actually starting to wave back toward that a bit in the, from the trends that I've seen Mm -hmm. on nutrition. Um, but I mean, when you wait, when you ride those waves in trends, you're going to be riding the waves, you know, like you're not going to see those consistent results. I mean, I love to look at like the blue zones where Mm -hmm. these are people who they're living it. They're a hundred plus years old and clearly they're doing something right. And (laughs) a lot of what it is, is like these hormone balancing strategies that I talk a lot about on the channel. Um, and it's just, you know, it's living a lifestyle that actually makes sense and not something that's just a trend that you can follow for five days. Like for example, I just filmed a video today Uh that I'm excited to release because it's going to be hilarious. Um, on the different ty- diet trends. Okay. There is one. I had my people, like, send me a bunch. I was like, just tell me like all these crowds crazy- are so much nonsense. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah. I was like, tell me all the things that your neighbors are telling you right now <laughs> is, like, the it thing. One person said the pineapple diet. I'd never heard of this. And I don't know exactly where it's very popular, but you look it up and it's a thing. Okay. Um, and it's literally where people just eat pineapples. And I heard of that. Yeah. What? Okay, I thought it was like a challenge. No, okay, I saw a no, pineapple challenge, like a, but yeah, there's also a pineapple diet. I saw it in the related. Okay, yeah, and it's like you do this for five days, and you will lose five kilos, and like which is like eleven pounds in five days. Which if okay, if you ever see something that promises that, that's a huge red flag. No, dear, um, no. And things like the military <laughs> diet, which I don't know if you've ever seen that, I've where seen it's that. like two hot dogs and ice cream. Like, yeah, that's what you're eating. I don't. It's so interesting, but people will follow that because. And this is not to be a jerk, but it's like the idea that there are quick fixes. Now, there, I'm not saying that there are things you could do in a, in a in a pinch. You know, if you need to like drop a ton of water weight, all of a sudden there are things you could do that you could do that. There are, I mean, there are things out there, but if you have that mentality of I need to lose weight in a pinch, yeah. then you're not going to shake that. You need to start off with you know, these sustainable types of approaches where you don't have to, in a pinch, lose 10 kilos or what have you. And this is coming from Exhibit A. I'm, like, saying from the source, like, I've tried. I've tried a lot of different forms of diets. Um, Some I stayed away from just because I had an instinctual, like, that's too too good to be true, quote-unquote. Yeah. It's just like, no. Cabbage soup diet, that's another one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've totally seen that one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just... Figure out the ways that your body responds to things. And it's really, I think it's really cool on a scientific level how different we all are. Yeah. But also how simple our bodies are too. Well, I think something also that people forget about food is that it's not just fuel. Like there's this whole food is fuel, like food is my fuel, whatever. It's not just fuel. It's cultural too. Mm -hmm. It's something that, you know, I have um, people who ask me about OMAD, which is one meal a day type of intermittent fasting. Yeah. You know, some people have success with that and it, it can be done right. But the problem I have with that is that you lose a big cultural component. I mean, going out to lunch or going out to dinner with your friends, you lose that. Yeah. And that means that it's not going to be sustainable, but also you lose that emotional connection with the people around you. And that in itself can lead to hormone imbalance. So it's just... We we need to also reintroduce the fact that food is part of our culture, yeah. and it's not just fuel. Protein what? bars are not food. Oh, I love you so much. Thank you so much for saying that. And I, you know, 
we we're coming up on on our hour, but I I'm really curious if you if you're willing to share how you've dealt with that in relationships, like how your fitness and the health and everything kind of being the person that researches that and then lives it right mm-hmm. like it's it's lifestyle based um how that's affected your relationships i'm very curious about that because it's definitely affected yeah. mine so you mean with living the lifestyle mm-hmm. and okay um you know i think if it's hard mm-hmm. then you're probably not doing it right mm-hmm. you know like it's it just like what i was saying food is supposed to be cultural mm-hmm. and um you know sometimes there are circumstances where you're not necessarily in the right situation in order to have that flourish Um, but I've been fortunate enough where I've had, you know, my family is very health oriented and they didn't necessarily have the nutrition component that Mm -hmm. I brought to the table, but it's something that we've been able to work together with. Mm -hmm. Um, and my boyfriend, he, I mean, I I cook for him, so he can't complain. Um, (laughs) Solved. (laughs) Problem solved. But I mean, in terms of relationship, I don't think anybody would be upset to sitting down and having dinner. Yeah. You know, like if you actually bring that cultural component and you don't make it be like, hey, I have to do this thing now because I'm trying to do like this, get achieve this weight loss goal or whatever. Yeah. But instead, if you're like, hey, I want to have dinner with you and connect and hey, let's make it together maybe yeah. and yeah. not just go out to eat and whatever or order something in. Yeah. That's not something people are going to complain about. For sure. Yeah. And that's I love that. That's very like solution based like approach to it, because I feel like there's a lot of different people dealing with if they're in the middle of transitioning, like yeah. they want to get into this particular type of healthy lifestyle and they want to stop eating at these hours or, right. you know, my friends who are like for what for their health or for um, political reasons going vegan, like yeah. these are, you know, they're not small things to then suddenly tell your grandma, hey, grandma, I'm not eating your food yeah. anymore because I'm a vegan now. Right. Those are big like cultural components and like even on just like not even extremist veganism, but like. With my boyfriend and me with junk food. Like, yeah. we got in actual fights about sugar. Because yeah. he he has a naturally skinny body. Like, he uh-huh. grew up... Actually, we were polar opposites. I was a chubby kid. He was, like, the really, really skinny guy. Uh-huh. And so, his attitude towards food and what he is allowed to, quote-unquote, eat is right. different than mine. To yeah. me, I'll look at something like, I'll eat that in sparingly or in moderation... He has a major sweet tooth, which I was like, are you, like, really stressed out? It's like your course yeah. really high. But we would get in fights about sugar intake, about I was like, I'm doing intermittent fasting. Stop. Like, he would jokingly, like, hey, have some ice cream. And I would get mad because I'm like, yeah. you're, that's rude. Like, you don't sabotage something I'm trying to do. Yeah. So it's like, it gets very um, personal. Right. Beyond just, like, That's functional. so true. And, you know, when it when it comes to that, what I always tell my clients is don't tell people you're trying to do something. Like, don't mm. tell them, like, hey, I'm trying to do intermittent fasting or, hey, I'm trying to do, like, like I'm trying not to drink um, every night of the week, whatever. Yeah. Instead, just be like, you know, I just don't really feel like it. Thank you. And but I just don't enough. really feel like it. <laughs> and the thing is, if you say that response rather than I'm trying to do all these things, yeah. it's not that our friends and family are trying to sabotage us. Yeah. They just think that we're trying to, you know, maybe they don't think it. Um, you know, consciously, but subconsciously, they think we're trying to restrict ourselves and it's not making us happy. Yeah. And so they want to make us happy. And so they think that, you know, force, if, if we can just force you to have that sugar, then she's going to be happy. Yeah. You know, so instead, you know you want it. yeah, instead of saying something like that's, you know, restrictive framed where you're like, I'm trying to do this thing, which mm-hmm. automatically, if you already are just saying, I'm trying to do this thing, that shows that you're stopping yourself from doing something that maybe you don't want to do or that you want to do. Yeah. Uh, And instead you go, oh, you know, I just don't really feel like it, but thank you. 
Like, then people are like, okay, cool. Thank she you. She doesn't want it. You have helped me so much in that <laughs> Well, it's, and I like feeling, the the success I found with different lifestyle changes like that is approaching it from, like, an I can and I want. Yeah. Like, I want to feel better. That's more conducive for me doing something. Right. Like, I want to I want to be fit versus, like, I need to lose weight. Right. Is very different for yeah, me. Yeah, like, mentally. I can't have that. I can't have yeah. that. I, I look at everything, I'm like, I can have that. I just don't want it right now. Exactly. Or like, or I'll have it later, or I'll have it or tomorrow. Or you're like, uh, I really want to feel good, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for me, I try, I, I've been doing these little tiny shifts in my head to say, okay, I can't drink juice or, like, what, you know, instead of thinking that, it's like, no, I just want to drink more water. Right. And yeah. that automatically, by default, if I'm drinking more water, I don't have as much thirst. Therefore, I'm not really. Well, thinking now about you're, things. yeah. Now you're not even thinking about the juice. You're thinking about the water. You're about just, the water. yeah. You're just thinking like, okay, that's where my mind is going. I'm just going to drink some more water. Then it was the same thing with vegetables because I was not a vegetables oh, person. Oh, really? Like, God bless my grandma for making a really amazing salad, which was like the keystone <laughs> of why I liked veggies. But. A lot of cases, like, I just didn't gravitate towards that. Yeah. I was super, like, meat and potatoes kind of person. Right, Which right. potatoes is, you know, it's a tuber. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah. It was just interesting for me, instead of saying, like, oh, I'm going to eat less, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, I just want to eat more veggies. All right. I was thinking was, like, more vegetables, more color. Like, yeah. I figured out different, like, brain hacks for myself. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, naturally, I'm on this upward thing. And that's part of what it is. It wasn't restrictive mentality. It's, right. Um, it's... Yes, mentality. More of this. Yeah, yeah. With intention. Um, um, what do you think is, like, what do you think is kind of the next thing that, like, people are, do you feel like there's an awakening happening? Do you feel like with your the people that you coach and, like, you're talking yeah. with your clients, do you think people are getting more on kind of a more holistic path? Yeah. Or is it? You know, I'm so in my lane right now yeah. that I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not really looking around at what other people are doing because I know it's out there. Like, yeah. I literally did not know about... Um, the pineapple diet or whatever, <laughs> all these things that my um, AMPs were telling me about. It's just, I'm so in my lane of like trying to spread this mission and spread this mentality that is so much more sustainable and happy mm-hmm. that, you know, I can't really say for what is out there right now. But mm-hmm. what I do know is that already what I've been able to help has changed some people's minds yeah and that's all I can really hope for and just every day if I can change one person's mind on on how they view food then that's all I really care about that's awesome have you ever found yourself like really feeling like wow I was really wrong about something or like discovering like all the time yeah 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 um I mean I try and be really careful about making sure that whatever it is that I'm looking into that it's very well researched and it fits my philosophy that's something that's really key if it doesn't sit well deep down mm-hmm. um, with that philosophy of, you know, food or your body will heal itself if you give it the right tools. If it doesn't fit that philosophy, then no matter how much it might make sense on paper, I don't, I just don't go for it because it, it. it has to feel right. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's where you can, it's, that's where it's really easy to just bypass a lot of the crazy BS that's out there. Mm-hmm. If you just first have this really solid nutrition and lifestyle philosophy where, you know, your body can, it can heal itself. You just have to give it what it needs. Right. Then you weren't going to do a cabbage soup diet, you know, like <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Yeah. You know, every day, cabbage soup, nothing else. Exactly. <laughs> or the lemon cayenne pepper, some or the master cleanse. cleanse. Mas- is that what it, yeah. That, right. Right. I, I with, I refrained from that just cause I was like, I don't want to be miserable. It might, cause people 
around me did it. Yeah. Like, it works. And I was like, I still love yeah, my yeah. life and food. <laughs> and, and part of that too is also there's a season for everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me a year or two ago, I running wasn't right. But it doesn't mean that running isn't right for other people. For sure. You know, and right now I've incorporated more boxing, which is high intensity. Love. Um, which I love. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, but it's not something that would have been right for me at the time back then. So yeah. it's also knowing when we say that there's everybody's body is different. It's mm-hmm. mostly because there's a season for everybody where mm-hmm. there's different things that we need at that time. Um, amen. For <laughs> sure. And also to kind of like bring things holistically to also for women out there who are you know into the fitness world one of the bigger lessons that I've learned lately is again we're all changing obviously as we grow older and our environments change but also realizing to give myself a break when I'm PMSing yeah. like it's so like I've been you know yes. puberty in like fifth grade and the fact that like only in the last handful of years I've been really more attentive to my body right. and the fact that like once a month I feel slow and sluggish but I still want to be active and then forcing myself to like basically just like killing myself to get through the pain because I have certain goals which again is very admirable and everything yeah but no like it honestly did more damage and like yeah. I would I hurt my ankle you know I mean I injuries did, are higher at that time for right me. yeah it's just like listen to I'm learning to listen to my body right and that it sounds so woo-woo but there's so much science around it yeah it's not woo-woo like there's not. it it takes a while Definitely. Like, it's not overnight that all of a sudden, if you're not used to listening to what your body is telling you that it needs, then you're not all of a sudden going to be able to hear it. But when you start taking it systematically and um, methodically and looking at every aspect of your life and mm-hmm. focusing on that for a bit and, and how you can you know make it best and optimize it mm-hmm. um, while also still living your life, then you're going to start seeing what your body is trying to tell you. For sure. Yeah. And suddenly it becomes louder and clearer. Exactly. And then you don't have to, like injure yourself exactly. <laughs> like I did exactly and then you have to be like you know or have adrenal around. fatigue or any of these things like Had you don't too. want to get to that point right yeah right and take it from again exhibit a but um <laughs> I think that these are all such helpful tips and I just really appreciate you taking the time yeah, to like talk with me and meet with me this is just so cool to it's always really cool to meet people from behind the, you know that you watch on YouTube and you're just like you're like I know you're a real person but now I get to oh like my gosh I, I just nerded out so hard on uh, VidCon like meeting the people that I really admire which are totally not even in the health field like just various yeah. sectors yeah so yeah I totally understand that <laughs> yeah, I'm really I'm really honored and and I appreciate your channel and it's very creative I love all the emojis and things like that very <laughs> to the point and you know I'm friends with a lot of YouTubers who do oh, various really? like sketches and musicians and stuff oh cool I know it's a grind yeah it's a lot of work so but you know you. I mean it's something that I enjoy doing because it's stuff well first of all as you can tell I like to talk about it all day all, <laughs> all night so it's not hard for me to sit in front of camera and talk it's um definitely the other aspects that can be a little bit more difficult for sure for sure it's still the job but yeah. like I'm glad that you enjoy it because yeah. it was really helpful and I'm glad I came across the channel I keep watching it yeah, um you. and for all the listeners who want to check out your channel where can they find it yeah, it's just my name, so Autumn Bates. Autumn like the season, first grade spelling bee, guys. Um, and then Bates like Bates Motel. Oh, oh yeah. okay, very nice yep. reference. Um, and social media, is it, do you want to Yeah, it's um, at Autumn L Nutrition, so Autumn and then E-L-L-E underscore nutrition. 
Very cool. Definitely. Mm-hmm. We'll be following along. And yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Um, if you enjoyed this episode and feel like it could be helpful to somebody, please share it with a friend. And uh, thank you to everyone who's been leaving a five-star review. I'm super touched by them, and I, it gives me a, me a lot of emotional fuel. So thank you very <laughs> much for that. You can find um, Autumn's channel on YouTube. You can follow her on Instagram. Are you, You're not on Twitter? I mean, like, I have a Twitter, oh, yeah. but it's shit. It's like a necessary evil. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Um, but you can find this podcast on <laughs> Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else that you find uh, podcasts. Thank you to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer. And thank you to Aquafina for use of her song, Yellow Ranger. Thank you to everybody on my Patreon for supporting this channel. You guys give me so much life and encouragement. I really appreciate you uh, becoming backers of First of All. And if you would like to back First of all, please go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast. And that's it for this week. We're going to continue on with this health and wellness segment because it is everything and it is life. It is all the things. (laughs) So thank you to Autumn. Thank you guys. And have a great week. Bye. Bye. I got this all up on my LinkedIn. Proficient in spitting, turning red when I'm drinking. Emancipating pussy like I was Abe Lincoln. Squirting out that Kool Aid till all that ratchet sinking. We're still here and we're going strong. It's an exciting time in Asian America. There are more movies, TV shows, books, and music reflecting us than ever. But all of these represent just a small slice of Asian American culture and experiences. So what do we do? Tell more slices. Asian Americana is a show that explores these slices of distinctly Asian American culture and history. We've talked about how Chinese Americans built California's Sacramento Delta, the art scene turns gallery institution giant robot a play that explores the lost Cambodian pop music of the 60s and 70s, and, of course, Boba, just to name a few stories. You can find Asian Americana at asianamericana.com or on your podcast app.